I mean, what do I say? What could I possibly, possibly say right now about what's happening? I have no words, but whatever. Hello, everybody. Welcome and welcome back to this episode of Dixon Politics. My name is Samantha. Very glad to be here with all of you today. Uh, I will be honest, I have been recording episodes almost every month, but then I just don't release them because I I don't wanna I don't wanna add to it. I don't wanna pile on, I don't wanna upset anybody. But um I'll come to you today and we'll we'll have a quick chat. So first of all, how are you guys doing? How is everyone? How are your summers? Are you guys having fun? Are you relaxing? Are you staying safe? I hope so. I hope you guys are really enjoying everything. We've had a busy summer over here celebrating lots of different milestones, birthdays, new friendships, old friendships, people coming to visit. It really has been really, it really has been great um, to catch up. My friend Christine was able to come and visit, which is so important to see her. She's one of my oldest friends from college. So Christine, hello. I loved catching up with you. Uh, no, but things have really been great, you know? Uh, parents are doing okay. Everyone's just, you know, getting a little old, getting up there in years, and navigating that is always a challenge. But everyone is healthy, so that is what matters most, and we're continuing to make memories together, and I'm very grateful for that. So, uh, <laughs> where do I begin? I guess... Um, I, I sort of don't, I don't really want to give this more attention, but I, I think that because of the topic and because of the victims, we do need to talk about it. Colleen Ballinger, or Colleen Ballinger, I'm going to call her Colleen because of my, my accent. If you guys haven't heard about this drama, I'll give you the quick rundown. Colleen started her career actually with Disney, and she was a theater major in college and then went on to work, I think, briefly for Disney. They were putting together some sort of a live show that I think was exclusively at Disneyland, may have been part of the, um, may have been part of the parade, I don't know. But then she discovered YouTube, and in like 2007, I think it was, she started to create a character called Miranda Sings, and at first it was really funny because Miranda was the epitome of a delusional theater kid. So many of us, myself, perhaps myself included, are delusional. We all think that we're going to make it to Broadway. We all think that we are the next Bernadette Peters, the next Linwell Miranda, the next whomever, Edina Menzel, Kristen Chenoweth, John, whatever his last name is, the dude... I, I can't even think. The next Ben Platt. Like, we are all convinced that we are the next it person. But most of us are not. Many of us are not. And so when she started posting videos as this character, it was really satirical. And for people like me who also majored in theater, it was really relatable, where Miranda was convinced that she was the best singer of all time, the best performer. She was innovative. She was this, that, and the other. And it was funny to watch. And then it got weird. I'm not going to lie. It got a little weird. Even for like 2009, 20, 2010, 2011, 2012 standards, things were weird. And Miranda morphed into a very um, infant-like 
character. She also had a really inappropriate dynamic with her uncle. And that's when things really started to shift. And for some people, because they weren't as, we weren't, I mean, think about it. Back then, we really weren't talking about pedophilia and grooming and sexual assault and rape and 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 women's rights. We weren't really talking about that back then as openly and as poignantly as we are now. Um, especially people that are kind of, you know, around my age, we just didn't really have the vocabulary yet. And even if we did have the vocabulary, talking about those topics was, it wasn't that it was taboo. It's just, um, it was a little bit heavy. And I don't think that we felt empowered enough to really talk about those issues, even though those have always been major issues that we've dealt with since the dawn of mankind. So she would sort of infantilize this character and she started to get really successful so much so that she started to have live shows. Then she started to go on tour. And then at one point she struck a deal with Netflix and she had her own show called haters back off, which was, you know, later canceled after one season, but it still, it got greenlit for, for a season on Netflix. And that's when people kind of were like, this comedy is very niche. There's nothing wrong with that. This comedy is very um, specific. There's nothing wrong with that. But the subject matter was starting to be very problematic. And I remember finding Miranda, the character, finding Colleen's channel a long time ago and, and thinking that it was funny, but also feeling at that time that her humor was very niche. And then I remember when she started to try to make the leap into mainstream and she went on a whole press junket for her show to promote her show on Netflix and it didn't translate. She did uh, celebrities getting in, like riding in cars getting coffee or whatever it was called with Jerry Seinfeld. And I just remember watching it and thinking, this is really unfunny. Like outside of YouTube, this is super unfunny. This is not going to go well. And then she also was on Jimmy Fallon. And I was, I remember watching and she went on both as herself, Colleen, and as the character Miranda, and just thinking, this isn't funny. Like Miranda as a character, she doesn't give you a lot to go off of. And Colleen as an entertainer, as a writer, as like a creative director, whatever, she's not giving people to play anything to play off of as her an individual. Like, this is not funny. Well, as of recently, we have found out just how unfucking funny it is. So now here we are in 2023, and multiple people have come out sharing their stories, and not just sharing, sharing stories, but sharing screenshots, voice memos, emails, you name it, to prove that Colleen was behaving really, really inappropriately with them when they were minors. Some examples include her sending underpants to a minor. Others include her basically gaslighting them, giving them the opportunity to make pretty high stakes decisions with her. At one point, she had a minor running her social media accounts and then when a joke would go bad or things would go awry it the, the onus was always on the child and never on the adult that should have been the you know the guiding hand should have been setting the the principal should have been setting the 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 outlines so things started getting really out of control because more and more people were coming forward to say listen 
I am not hoping to gain anything by this other than to stand up for myself and say that I was a victim of abuse from Colleen, from her friends, from people in her inner circle. And this is how it affected me. And this is what I've done since. So again, it's not just, and I think I've talked about Colleen before, but anyways, it's not just a matter of accusations. There is proof. There's unimpeachable proof that this stuff happened and that it, 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 it was fucking horrible. And so what did Colleen do? She grabbed her ukulele. She slapped on some concealer, a tasteful bit of eyeliner, some mascara, and she did her eyebrows. And she sat in front of a fucking camera and played the ukulele and sang a song that basically said that everyone else is lying and whatever. Well, as of yesterday, the 10th, she's currently on tour. Uh, Not anymore. The rest of her tour dates have been canceled. This whole thing is just really weird. And it's not just Colleen that's a problem. It's her entire family. And I think when I talked about Colleen before, I was sharing with you the situation that her family was in where they are a family lifestyle uh, vlogging whatever on YouTube. And YouTube decided that they were not going to monetize their videos anymore because they featured children. And Colleen came out in defense of her siblings and was like, now you're just making it easier for the pedophiles. Like she had a really roundabout fucking weird ass way of defending why she felt that those videos would still should still be monetized. It was whack. It was wickety fucking whack. And it was not the vibe No, ma'am. I mean, I, even before I became a parent, you got to protect the kids, man. You got to protect the kids, not only because they're innocent and they're young and don't they deserve a chance, but kids' brains cannot properly process trauma. And now you've got parents like myself who are teaching their kids about consent from the moment they're born so that they're equipped with everything they need to protect themselves regardless of their gender, their sexual orientation, their social standing, so that they can equip themselves with everything they need to stand up for themselves and protect themselves from birth. And the fact that Colleen is now making light of all this, she was selling merchandise on tour, like making fun of the fact that she was being canceled. She was selling canceled fucking sweaters and other merch that like literally just said like canceled on them she had come out with new skits that were making fun of the fact that she has been canceled she came out of a coffin pretending to be michael jackson a notorious alleged pedophile hold on excuse me got me so worked up that my allergies are worked up again i mean seriously like this is a woman who has now like videos of her doing blackface and making fun of people of color, particularly Asians and Latinas, Latinx people. Like they've all resurfaced and she just continues. This is a woman who's a mother herself. She has twins and a toddler. She has infant twins and a toddler. There has been no sign of any accountability. I mean, it is just fucking wild. Like, here we are, you know, here we are at Dixon Politics, right? And all we do is sit around and talk about how these politicians and lawmakers and all these people whose voices unfortunately matter and are consequential 
They don't take accountability. Now we've got celebrities and quasi would be celebrities that don't take accountability. Why the fuck is it only you and I that know how to take accountability? It is wild out here. So now Colleen and a lovely in a lovely move has now decided to copyright her and license her toxic gossip train song that she sang with the ukulele so now anytime someone references it or whatever uses a video clip she slaps them with being in breach of using something that's licensed without paying for it without take oh my god she's fucking crazy man it's just it's in the name of fame but especially in the name of protecting children like are you really like really it's it's wild to watch another thing that's wild to watch is the downfall of taylor swift now i know that everyone is talking about how taylor is going to save the economy not only here in the u.s but globally because now her era's tour is going global um i i think the reason i've been kind of quiet is because i've been pretty devastated by what's been happening within taylor's fandom and i haven't listened to her music in weeks like i haven't streamed it i haven't you know, uh, Folklore, you know, is my favorite album. And that used to play on repeat in my house. And I loved that album. And now I'm just really distancing myself from Taylor and her entire fandom. And it sucks because of a lack of accountability. Taylor Swift comes out with her Miss Americana documentary a few years ago. And the main crux, the main theme, the arch, the fucking, the whole point of that documentary was not only to explore fame and the way in which fame and business deals gone bad, et cetera, et cetera, have impacted her mental health, but a whole narrative for that documentary was how Taylor was recognizing the struggles that marginalized communities face and how she was determined to use her platform and her voice for good and for advocacy. She then turns around and starts being seen on purpose in public with this absolute fucking asshat named Maddie Healy, who's the lead singer for the 1975, which is a band out of the UK. Maddie, who, much like Colleen Ballinger, has on the record unimpeachable evidence of him talking in a racist and derogatory manner towards people of color, particularly women, who has been accused by multiple women, some of whom were minors at the time, of sexual harassment, sexual assault, stalking, all one of, so I think stalking was one of them, but anyways, double check that, fact check that, but this is someone who has, has proven that they are a misogynistic piece of shit and a racist piece of fucking shit. And here Taylor is parading around with him. So in the fandom, there was an outcry. And it was also picked up by major media outlets. Like everyone has reported on this, saying this dude is problematic. And Taylor Swift is the kind of celebrity that has the power where if she does not want to be seen or photographed and she doesn't want anyone to know where she is, she, you, don't, you don't see her. You have no idea what's going on in her life. So the fact that she was doing these PR marches, these PR walks with this guy, whether or not they were dating, whether or not this was a PR thing, whether or not they were professionally working together, sent a ripple through the fandom. And you had a lot of creators of every race and gender saying, guys, this is super problematic. I'm really upset by this. 
I need to really take a step back and see what's going on here, but I'm not going to be creating any content. And then you had a lot of white female creators like the thrifty Swifty, whose name is Ginny, whatever, who just continued on as if nothing was wrong. And the reason why it upset me as someone who is a member of a marginalized community, I am a woman and I am a person of color um, and I am a mother. So I'm pretty much as dis and I, I wasn't born in the US. So I'm pretty much as fucking disrespected as they come here in the United States and probably in other countries. <laughs> I really thought that Taylor's fandom was a safe place. I thought that we were all aware of the different circumstances which guide our social construct and how negatively stereotypes, laws, and other codes of ethics and beliefs and religions can really negatively impact someone like me, right? Um, and no one more than the LGBTQIA community right now. And the fact that there were so many people in Taylor's fan, I'm like, who cares? Who cares? That, that sucked because I think people like me really thought that we were safe there. You know, like, and, and to, to kind of give you guys, just for those of you who aren't Taylor Swift fans, like, think of Lady Gaga. Think of Dolly Parton. Those are two women who have, from the get-go, even before they were famous, they have advocated for the LGBTQIA community. They have fought against racism. They have donated their money. They have donated their time. They have raised their voice at award shows, interviews, at their concerts and otherwise. Think of like Ariana Grande, who's done the same thing. Ariana Grande has made her mistakes, but she has always stood by the LGBTQIA community. Can you imagine what it would be like if they were to all of a sudden be like, oh, I don't give a fuck about, I don't give a fuck about that. It is performative activism on Taylor Swift's part, you know. I, and and let me let me flip the script a little bit. Um, you know, think let's think about all the people out there that are diehard Republicans that are so-called patriots. How do you think they would feel if all of a sudden Ron DeSantis woke up one morning and was like, "I love the guys. I love the guys. They're great, and they deserve rights. They deserve rights. They deserve respect. They should be able to get married and feel safe wherever they go." You guys would feel very betrayed. You'd be like, what the fuck? This whole time you've been voting against every single possible law and policy that would protect people that are gay, that would protect people that are trans. And now suddenly you're telling me that they are just as worthy as us? What the fuck? I mean, it is just like, what the, what is going on? That's why I started this episode with like, what, what could I possibly say right now? So I've been distancing myself from Taylor Swift as well as her fandom. And don't get me wrong, I did see her new music video that just came out featuring Joey King and Presley Cash and Taylor Lautner. I thought that was really cool. And it's just sort of sad because I'd love to jump into the comments and create content and talk to other Swifties about like, you know, how healing this is and how cool this is and what a full circle moment this is. Like, I would love to do that. But I also feel like personally victimized and really fucking hurt by her silence because she said everything she needs to say with her fucking silence. And yeah, it was awkward as fuck for me to be at the Eras tour and have her be like, ah, oh, I just have to say that this is the happiest I've ever been in my entire life. Girl, I clapped. Don't get me wrong, I clapped. I'm happy that you're happy, but holy fucking shit, at the expense of whom? At the cost of what? Not worth it. 
So speaking of cost, this whole bullshit, <laughs> how are we feeling with uh, what's going on with student loans right now? Like, are you for fucking real? We just spent millions of dollars trying to rescue these billionaires who decided to go into a fucking death. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not. Look, I, you know me. I don't want to be indelicate, but that submarine was just a death trap. And we've all heard the reports. I know we've all talked about it, so I won't be the death course. And you guys remember, I talked about this whole submarine nonsense, like what, six months ago is when I first reported on it. Uh, I, I, but, but we can't bail out like the rest of us who are just like, hey, can I just live, literally, can I just have 10 grand to get this monkey off my back? You know, and this whole thing, I remember Tommy Lauren was running her mouth a few years ago and she's like, you know what? Like, if you can't afford to buy a car, why should I have to pay for your car? It's the same thing with education. Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. First of all, I don't know if I've said this yet. I think I have, but just in case I said it and didn't put that episode out, I am officially no longer a registered Republican. Why? Why? And before you get, for, for my Republican listeners, for my whatever, before you guys get pissed off, you want to know why I'm not a part of your party anymore? Because I'm not deranged. It's as simple as that. I am many things, okay? I am many, many things. But deranged is not fucking one of them, okay? Tommy Lauren was running her mouth a few years ago saying that shit. And I'm just going to tell you, like, hold it right fucking there. Because you want to know how many unbelievable, life-changing scientists, musicians, artists came out of households and communities that were at a massive disadvantage some of our most brilliant and innovative minds and ideas and creations and inventions have come from people that could, that absolutely would be considered by any standard at a major disadvantage. I'm going to argue the other side in just a second here, but that outlook of, well, if you can't afford it in the first place, you shouldn't have it. When it comes to education, it has no place in that conversation. None. I would much rather have my tax dollar, dollars going towards a kid who grew up raised by his grandparents because his parents were addicts, who lived on food stamps, but who has the intelligence and the dedication and the passion to figure out how we're going to make a tally mark for the better in terms of combating climate change. I would much rather my tax dollars go to him than some fucking billionaire who doesn't need it to bail them out of PPE loans and whatever the fuck else. That's crazy to me. That's crazy. So this whole ruling, like, this is like what you guys, like Republicans, I'm fucking talking to y'all. This is what you're not getting. You guys are fighting for the dehumanization of anyone whom you feel is different from you because you fundamentally believe that anybody who thinks differently than you, who treats people differently than you, who practices a religion different than yours, who, who does anything outside of what you deem is the ultimate is now suddenly unworthy 
of human, basic human rights and education and access to healthcare, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. That is literally what y'all are fighting for. And it's whack. Cut it the fuck out. And you want to know what? And Fox News, I'm so glad that Fox News, and I say news with quotes around it because we all know that they just had to pay millions of dollars for falsifying fucking every, literally everything that came out of their mouths and inciting fear and reporting on false shit and whatever. Like, Fox News is no longer credible. I am so glad that that lady, whatever the hell her name is, I can't remember, came out the other day and was like, hi, just a reminder that all of you fucking red states... You're getting all of your money from the blue states. It's literally the people that are in blue states that are the small business owners that are busting their asses in corporate that are killing themselves, you know, to to serve the fucking man, right? And are earning all this money. It's all the liberal states that are then sending money down to the red states, over to the red states to help pay for their lack of comprehensive education, to help pay for their lack of job opportunities, their lack of families' abilities to feed themselves and their children. So before you sit around and point your fucking finger at all of us liberals and all of us Democrats, we are literally helping to subsidize the payment of your cost of living. So this shit has got to stop. It has got to stop. Now listen, I'm going to argue the other side. Because I don't want, you know, for my conservative listeners, for my Republicans, I don't want you to think that I have completely, you know, jumped onto the Democratic liberal bandwagon and I'm now riding off towards the sunset because that's not happened. I I, want to talk about trans, okay? Right now, the trans community is is fighting quite literally for, for their lives. And their lives... Those are human lives. They are worthy, you guys. Now, I get, from a Republican standpoint, I get where you guys are coming from. You don't understand why your tax dollars, why your hard-earned money should go towards trans health care to pay for a sex change, breast implants, you know, other cosmetic things. And on a certain level, I get that. I get that. I, I see why that would really piss you guys off. And I'm not, you know, I, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm going to leave religion out of this because let's not drag the dusty old fucking Bible into this. Let's not do that. But I get, especially because you guys seemingly have not been exposed to as many trans people as I fortunately have been. And people that have the advantage of living in big cities and meeting all different kinds of people and working with all different kinds of people and having friendships and, and you know, like you guys haven't been exposed to it the way that we have. And and I can guarantee that if you had, you would see that trans people are, are people. They're, they're humans. I promise you. There is nothing alien or perverse or anything about them. They're just people who are experiencing a severe, severe, undeniable form of uh, dysphoria, and they want to do something to change that. But I do get where you're coming from. The thought of why should my tax dollars pay for someone's lip filler? Why should my tax dollars go towards breast implants? I get where you're coming from because those things in any other context, that's a choice. That's a luxury that, I mean, that is cosmetic surgery. But what you guys are missing 
is that that's not what they're asking you to do. They're not asking for you to pay for their dresses or pay for their tucking panties or pay for their, uh, you know, chest binding wraps. They're not asking you to get them a brow lift or Botox or anything. But what they are asking for is help to pay for hormone therapy. What they're asking for is help to pay for gender reassignment. I just want you to imagine, you know, we watch movies like Freaky Friday. We watch movies like, um, oh God, what's that one? Not White Chicks, uh, but uh, Rob is in it. Um, oh my God. What, what is it? So there's something about Mary or whatever. Like, I just want you to imagine it. And those are movies that we watch and we laugh. Because it's funny, like, it's funny to think about, you know, you fall asleep and, and you wake up and suddenly your mind is in someone else's body. And it makes for a funny storyline. But can you guys imagine going to bed and then waking up one morning and, and suddenly you are in another body and it doesn't feel natural to use the bathroom or get dressed or even take a shower and bathe and wash your body. It, it doesn't feel, it, it just feels so foreign. Can you imagine being a little kid, can you imagine being a five-year-old? Don't sit there and tell me you weren't nervous on your first day of kindergarten. Every single one of us was shaking in their boots on the first day of kindergarten. But can you imagine that fear as a five-year-old and not being able to understand that going to school is a normal thing and you will go home at the end of the day and you know this is just going to school, that's, that's a thing. Can you imagine doing that, but in a body where you didn't feel like yourself? Do you remember when you were really little and something would happen at school or something, a friend would do something or say something to you and it, you just knew inherently, instinctively that it made you extremely uncomfortable, but you were little and you didn't have the vocabulary to tell your parents Take that fear and that anxiety and that confusion and multiply it by a billion. And that's how trans people feel. So by the time they come to the conclusion that they are trans and that this just physically, this is all wrong. And they want to change it. That's something that we need to have compassion for. That's something that we should be helping them with. So I really hope, and look, I'm not telling you what to do. But I do hope that I can get some of my listeners out there to just open your mind a little bit and realize that just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean that it's not valid and it doesn't mean that it isn't affecting somebody else. Just try to be open-minded. I mean, let's talk about this whole thing with Dylan Mulvaney. I'm sure you guys have heard about that. Dylan recently underwent surgery for facial feminization. So now she really looks like you know, just a, a, a much softer, more feminine version of what she looked like before. And she has changed her wardrobe and Dylan has become a huge influencer and a huge force on social media. And recently she collaborated through a third party marketing agency. She collaborated with Bud Light and Bud Light sent her a beer can with her face on it and people were outraged. Now, for a minute here, I am going to call attention to the fact that you can look, I mean, go look under Diageo and look under every single alcohol brand. Almost every single alcohol brand out there is an ally. And it's not just performative allyship. Like these people are sponsoring parades. 
they are changing their labels. They are donating to the LGBTQIA at different organizations that help people that need to help some financial subs that need some financial, you know, help um, on their journey to becoming and feeling as you know their most authentic self. You can't really escape allyship at this point when it comes to that. But Bud Light decided to remain completely silent on the issue, which is disappointed, even though they went through like a third party marketing agency, you know, because like usually when you see these big um, marketing campaigns and stuff like that, or you see influencers, a lot of the time they're not always speaking directly to someone at L'Oreal or at Under Armour or at AT&T or whatever it may be. They're working with an agency that's been hired on that big brand's behalf to curate and bring in different opportunities to continue to to keep brand awareness up and you know on top of people's radars and flashing across the screen. But Bud Light, they were receiving bomb threats at their different manufacturing facilities. I mean, it just, it totally expanded into something it didn't need to be. And I understand you guys, I do, that it is an instinct of ours that we didn't choose. This is thousands of years of evolution. It is natural for us to be afraid of things that are different. That is normal. Those are your protective instincts. I get it. But I can tell you that the trans community, that drag queens and drag performers or drag kings, and like th that is not what we need to be focusing on right now. And to bring it full circle, what we need to be focusing on is lifting up the next generation. We need to be focused on protecting children. We need to be focused on listening to scientists and understanding the effects of our actions, not just like us, the individual, but you know, big corporations too and how we're just killing our planet. Like that's the stuff we need to be focused on. So I'm gonna leave you with this. I hope that you guys will continue to do your own research, form your own opinions and continue to have conversations. I know that you guys are amazing at that. But I also want you to try and find the glimmers. I think a lot of the reason why I haven't been coming out with consistent episodes, it definitely had a lot to do with um, just what was going on in the world. I didn't want to pile on. I didn't want to make you guys listen to these episodes and just feel even worse and feel even more anxious. I didn't want to do that. You know, I think we've got enough, we've got enough of that going on. Um, but it also had a lot to do with my mental health and a personal update. I'm feeling really great. And I want to thank you guys again for being really understanding and really flexible with me as I navigated through the nightmare that was postpartum for me um, because it was a nightmare. It was really scary. And um, thinking about where I am now and reflecting on where I was a year ago and where I was two years ago, oh man, uh, I'm just really grateful to have made it through. But the reason that I made it through is because I was able to seek help. I was able to utilize different resources that either I provided for myself or were provided to me through the state and through the town that I live in. Um, you know, and so something that I've been trying to do and something I've been trying to practice is I look for the glimmers. I look for those moments in life where 
it, it just, you know, you know, when you just suddenly, it's like your eyes open really wide and you suddenly can see everything really clearly and, and you can hear everything and you can, you just feel super present. Those are the moments that I look for. Those are the things that I am holding on to rather than focusing on my anxiety or intrusive thoughts or my worries and my fears, thinking about, well, what if, or what if, what if I try to focus on the glimmers. So as we continue to navigate through the shit storm that we're looking at in terms of the economy and student loans and being let down by some of our favorite celebrities and public figures and feeling overlooked by politicians by feeling unheard and unseen by some of our own family members. As we continue to walk through that, I hope that you guys will also try to look for your own glimmers. It could be in nature, it could be in watching an old film you haven't seen in ages, listening to music, finding new music, that's what I've been doing, and just looking for those glimmers. As for me, and as for this show, I'm gonna keep on keeping on but I think that it's going to be sort of a lot of the same. I'll put out episodes when I've got the time, when I feel well enough, when I, you know, have the strength <laughs> to do so. And hopefully, whenever those moments come, I hope that you guys will be there to share the episodes with me. So for the rest of the summer, let's all just take a date breath. <laughs> let's do our best to keep on hanging on and... I said this, I think, in the first season. Corbin said it too. Corbin, who, by the way, says hi. He is on break right now from doing Beetlejuice on Broadway, but he did sign for another six months, so he's going to be with that company through the end of the year. Beetlejuice is a great show, by the way. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to see it on tour yet, I highly recommend uh, that you see if it's within your schedule and within your budget to go see it. It's, it's great. And Corbin is, uh, he's just fabulous as always um but uh i think we'll just you know we'll focus on what corbin said and that is that we change our opinions our perceptions our processing of different experiences we change and so i really really hope because i know you guys love to email me especially my conservative listeners you guys love to email me and accuse me of not being a real republican and not being conservative enough and how can i call myself you know patriotic if i think this way or if i vote that way or whatever just lay down your pitchforks for a second the sun is shining it's a beautiful day and Change is good because change is growth. I still stand by a lot of the things I said, especially in terms of Trump and my working relationship with him and the rest of his family. You know, I mean, I'm still me, but I also see that there is a greater need beyond my own. And protecting people in the LGBTQIA community and protecting children and empowering people in situations that are so much more disadvantaged than my own, that's my priority. That doesn't make me un-American. It doesn't make me a crazy liberal. It just makes me human. Because the more I learn, the more I experience, the more I allow it to change me. And that's okay. 
So I hope that you will continue to look for the glimmers in your life. And I hope that you will continue to allow life and your experiences and the things that you are exposed to. I hope that you continue to allow them to change you. You might just be surprised at what you find when you just take a second to look at something from a different perspective. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you again for being compassionate and empathetic and being really flexible with me as I continue to move through all different seasons of my life. One of the things that I love and something that I'm so proud of is my relationship with you and that we can join each other for these episodes. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Look for the glimmers, be kind to yourself, be flexible with yourself, have some compassion, take a deep breath, enjoy the rest of your summer, and I'll catch up with you guys again soon. Maybe I'll come back in August. Maybe we'll, we'll hang out in September, you know, maybe Labor Day weekend. And who the hell knows? But in the meantime, take very, very good care of yourselves. Thank you again so much for being here. From WISP and Dixon Politics, my name is Samantha. I'll catch up with you soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.